get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show, hosted by Elliot Sure Parks. What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, and this is the Best Football Show podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best of Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. If you like what you hear today, please hit that subscribe button as it not only helps the show grow, but if you leave your best NFL take with a five-star review, I'll make sure to read it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. All right, today I want to talk about two topics that are the biggest topics in the NFL right now and and kind of tie them together. So you have two things happening. One is the Eagles and Chiefs are getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. It's the biggest game of the year. It's the biggest game, you know, one of the biggest games in in the sporting world. Uh, And that's where a lot of focus is going to be, obviously. But for the other 30 teams and then a, a subsection of those teams, they're looking for new head coaches. This is about the offseason now for them, figuring out how to improve their roster, figuring out who's going to be their head coach, filling out their coaching staffs. But I think when those teams are looking and interviewing and deciding who they want to hire, they can look at the Eagles and Chiefs as really the the poster childs for what you are looking for in a head coach. I think, and my my opinion has changed on this uh, a little bit. If you've listened to me throughout this pod, if you listen to me on the Go Birds pod, you know I have not been a leader of men type of head coach. I, I believe, you know, a year ago, two years ago when the Eagles were hiring Sirianni, when they hired other head coaches, you need your head coach to be a play caller. I've moved off of that. I think the the two things you're looking for and the two coaches in the Super Bowl that represent them the best are you need a leader of men and you absolutely have to have, in my opinion, an offensive mind as your head coach. Let's talk about both of those things and why they're critically important. Nick Sirianni this year with the Eagles, and he's been one of the most successful coaches in the NFL over the last year and a half. What happened in, in the half a year? He gave up play calling. When he did it, I thought it was a mistake. I thought it was a red flag. Things weren't going to work out. That, you know, the real mastermind behind the team is Shane Steichen, not Nick Sirianni. And who knows? If, if Steichen ever gets another job, maybe maybe we'll find out the answer to that. But what I do know is, since Sirianni gave up play calling, he has become a better head coach. And he'll tell you that. There's a reason when you watch the Eagles, and everyone will watch them in the Super Bowl, you know, people have watched them in the playoffs, NFC Championship game. There's a reason you see very, very few mistakes from this team. Uh, you know, time management issues, players making dumb plays along the sidelines, uh, challenges that should have been challenged but weren't, end of game situations, two minute warnings, right? Like this team is is elite at the small things in situational football. Why? It's because they have a head coach that isn't doing the play calling. They have a head coach that can focus on everything. He can focus on, you know, should they be in hurry up? Should they not? You know, is this player okay? Do they need to do that? Um, Again, challenges, all those things. Sirianni is able to focus on so much of the game management on Sundays because he is not calling the plays. Now, he is still very much involved in the offense throughout the week. From, from Monday to Saturday, he he built the offense. He says what, you know, of these five plays I would like in third and seven against this defense. And Steichen picks them. And credit to Steichen for doing that. He's done a great job. But what you're seeing with Sirianni is Sirianni is able to be a CEO type of head coach 
for this franchise. He has been really, really good, again, at managing the game on Sundays and getting the players to focus on certain things and having the ability to watch them and make sure they focus on those things. I see him in in practices. He's watching the defensive linemen during tackling drills. He's watching the secondary players during drills where they're practicing catching the ball for interceptions, right? He's able to focus on the little, small, fundamental details because he doesn't have to worry about situational play calling come Sunday. But what it also allows him to do is he can be the leader of the team. He can he can be the guy that the players like, the players play hard for. The defensive guys know him as well as the offensive guys. The special team guys know him as well as, you know, the other two units. What you're seeing with Sirianni is, you know, is he a great play caller? No, he wasn't a great play caller last year. Do the Eagles run an amazing, revolutionary offense? No, they don't. They, they run a really good offense with great plays and, and those things, but they're not taking the league by storm by some new age offense. What Sirianni is great at and what, what has allowed him to turn this around is he is absolutely phenomenal at leading the team. The players really play hard for him. The players like him. The team meetings where he comes up with the speeches and the, the motivational things. Players say all the time how they go into those meetings excited because they don't know what he's going to say. And they and it, and it motivates them, right? And Sirianni is able to do all those things because he has the personality for it, right? If you look at some of these head coaches around the league and you watch them up at the podium, and I know the podium is not the end-all be-all of how a coach is, but if you watch certain coaches up at the podium, you can just tell they don't have it, right? Like Todd Bowles, phenomenal coordinator, great defensive mind. He is not inspiring at the podium. Bill Belichick, you know, he has had no success without Tom Brady, and I don't think that's a a coincidence. When you look at him, like players don't want to play hard for him. Players aren't inspired by him. He's a great defensive coordinator. He's a great defensive mind, and certainly his head coach resume speaks for itself. But in terms of would I hire Bill Belichick to be my head coach today, No, Mike Tomlin, phenomenal head coach and a great motivational guy, a leader of men. I truly believe, and I believe this more than I ever have, you have to be a great CEO leader of men to be a great head coach in today's NFL. There's too much going on. It's not just focus on the offense. You have to focus on everything. There's so many more advantages teams have that can get you on Sunday. There's so many more decisions to be made on the game because of replays and challenges and all those things, right? Dan Campbell, I was out on Dan Campbell a year ago. Dan Campbell has proven to be, he should have been in the coach of the year consideration when you look at what he did with Detroit. He's the, he doesn't call the plays, right? He is a guy that at the end of the day leads that team. And I think more so than ever, and, and you know, this is me changing my mind, if you look at what makes great head coaches, I really think they have to be a leader of men. Now, Andy Reid. Sirianni's an offensive mind too, but let's focus on the offensive part for Andy Reid. Andy Reid, throughout his career, he was a quarterback coach before he was a head coach. He called played called plays for the Eagles for a long stretch. You know, doesn't do it as much anymore. I know he hands it on and off and, and things like that. But ultimately, why is it important to have an offensive mind as a head coach? Because the bottom line is, you have to have a great quarterback to win, and you can draft a great quarterback. And he could not develop because of his head coach. Look at uh, Trevor Lawrence last year, right? Urban Meyer was his head coach. Now, he was a disaster for a lot of reasons. But if you look at how it went there compared to getting a former quarterback, offensive-minded head coach in Doug Peterson, his, his game absolutely took off. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson with the Jets. Probably was never going to be a great quarterback, right? I think it was a mistake to draft him where he was. But it doesn't help him that he has a defensive head coach that is not properly equipped to develop him into the best that he can be, right? You need a head coach, ultimately, that understands offenses, can get the offense in the right place, and can develop the quarterback. Now, if you have a great defensive head coach, 
you can hire a great offensive coordinator. The issue is that guy's going to get hired away. I mean, look at Brandon Staley in uh, in Los, Los Angeles with the Chargers. He is Justin Herbert, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. Loads of talent, great talent on offense. They had to fire their offensive coordinator and hire a new one because they can't win a single playoff game with that. If he had an offensive head coach and a great offensive mind in that building, they would be Super Bowl contenders. But they don't because they don't have an offensive mind. If you look at this year, seven of the eight teams left in the playoffs had an offensive head coach. Four out of four in the conference championship games had an offensive coach. Two out of two in the Super Bowl, offensive coach. Now, part of that is there's not as many defensive coaches, and I get that. But when I look at what you have to have, I think it's a requirement to have an offensive-minded guy at the top of your organization. Offense wins in the NFL. Developing quarterbacks wins in the NFL. Your best offensive mind cannot be at risk at being hired away at any point. It just It's too risky. So when I look around at some of the great head coaching candidates, right? D'Amico Ryans, I think absolutely qualifies as a leader of men. I think those players will play hard for him. I think he'll be great on Sunday in managing the game. All those things. My concern with him is is his his success is going to be so closely tied to who his offensive coordinator is, and that rug can be pulled out from him at any moment. The Texans won't be a great team until they have a great quarterback. They won't have a great quarterback until they have a great developer and a great offensive mind on the staff. As awesome as D'Amico is, and I really think he can be great. I mean, again, Dan Campbell in in Detroit, right? Like they have a great offensive coordinator. I know Dan Campbell is not a defensive guy, right? But but ultimately, D'Amico is a hardcore defensive guy. They are going to have to have a great coordinator to uh to to get to be great. It's why Sean Payton can command so much money. It's why Shane Steichen gets interviews. It's why Jonathan Gannon, frankly, isn't going to be hired, in my opinion, because he's a defensive guy. So as much as I love D'Amico as a head coach, and if I was an owner, I would I would consider hiring him. But the concern with hiring him is he has to have a great offensive coordinator. So when I'm looking at these candidates, and if I'm a team and I'm an owner that's looking in the Super Bowl for for, uh, inspiration on who to hire, you need a leader of men and you have to have an offensive mind. So if you're a team out there looking, those will be the top two requirements I've learned from my time covering the Eagles. Again, the Eagles have been one of the best teams in the NFL since Jeffrey Lurie took over. He's never hired anybody but offensive head coach, and there's a reason why. This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button and please leave a five-star review if you like what you hear, and I'll talk to you guys next time.